Ladies and gentlemen, the following segment of the podcast is presented exclusively by Hillsdale College. Now, in its 175th year, Hillsdale is a truly independent institution where learning is prized and intellectual enthusiasm is valued. Thank you for listening and my sincere appreciation to Hillsdale for their sponsorship. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, America. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811, 877-381-3811. I was at two places last night with my wife. First in the Oval Office where the president awarded the uh, Medal of Freedom to former Attorney General Ed Meese, which was a magnificent ceremony. And uh, it was wonderful to see the president and... Uh, Ed Meese and Bill Barr and others who were in the room there, too many to mention. Uh, And also that night, last night, began Yom Kippur, the holiest of the holy holidays in the Jewish faith. But I'm back. I want to thank Brian Mudd, my buddy, for sitting in. Ah, this, This letter from the President's White House Council is unbelievable. I'm sure it's been talked about, but not by me. I want you to look at Article 1, Section 2 in the United States Constitution. There's a lot in there, but Article 1, Section 2 in specific. Let me quote it to you in relevant part. The House of Representatives shall have the sole power of impeachment. Let me repeat that for Joe Scarborough, the slow learner. The House of Representatives shall have the sole power of impeachment. Not the Speaker of the House. Not one party in the House. The House of Representatives. You see, the intent, which has been followed three past times, is to involve the House of Representatives in an impeachment inquiry, and then obviously on an impeachment vote, if one should occur. That is why they had a vote on the floor of the House by all the members present when it came to the impeachment inquiry into Andrew Johnson and Richard Nixon and Bill Clinton. It is Nancy Pelosi who is lawless. It is Nancy Pelosi who believes that she's above the law. It is Nancy Pelosi who has politicized a constitutional process. And she's done great harm. And the president not only had no choice but to do what he did, he needed to do what he did in order to not just to protect himself, but to protect the office of the presidency, the Constitution, and yes, even the impeachment clause. Even the impeachment clause. Now, we've talked about this. And the president's White House counsel put together a brilliant letter, Pat Cipollone. And he points out, and the reason they won't have this vote, as we've discussed before, at least not yet, is in doing it this way, 
They deny the president the right to cross-examine witnesses, as Cipollone writes in his letter, to call witnesses, to receive transcripts of testimony, to have access to evidence, to have counsel present, and many of the, of the other guarantees that have existed before for presidents of the United States. This isn't a court proceeding. It's not a civil proceeding. It's not a criminal proceeding. So there's not a direct parallel with such a proceeding, but there are direct parallels in past impeachment increase. Now, Nancy Pelosi says we're not required to do this under the Constitution, but she is. The House of Representatives shall have the sole power of impeachment. Well, Mark, we're going to have a vote ultimately on impeachment. That's not what that means. The entire process, the House of Representatives is supposed to be involved. They didn't want one party as a mob using the impeachment clause as a way to reverse the past election and to affect a future election so close to the general election. The general election, ladies and gentlemen, is less than, 11, uh, uh, less than 13 months away. It's less than 13 months away. I can tell you somebody who's looked at the history of impeachment in this country and look at what the framers debated and look at what they relied on in terms of British common law and actual British conduct in the House of Parliaments versus the monarchy. There is no way that this was the intent of anybody. And Nancy Pelosi can quote Benjamin Franklin all she wants, but she's not quoting Benjamin Franklin about impeachment. He almost said nothing about impeachment. She just has platitudes. She obviously went to a Chinese re- uh, restaurant, opened a fortune cookie, and saw the Benjamin Franklin quote and can't get it out of her small pea brain. Now, due process is necessary. The right to call witnesses is necessary. The right to cross-examine other witnesses is necessary. The right to have counsel is necessary. The right to participate fully in the process is necessary. It's the President of the United States, the House of Representatives, even if the whole House is acting, cannot deny those principled Western civilization ideals if you're going to try and remove a President of the United States, let alone one party, let alone one person, the Speaker of the House. It's a very, very big deal. Now, in this letter, among other things, they point out under Roman 1, your inquiry is constitutionally invalid and violates basic due process rights and the separation of powers. Of course, the president's right. We've talked about this. How does it violate basic separation of powers? Separation of powers exists between the branches of government, not the executive branch and one committee or a handful of committees under the Democrats in the House of Representatives. So the way the courts have seen this in the past, separation of powers could involve, might involve, say, the executive branch and one House of Congress, certainly both Houses of Congress, but not one committee of Congress or a handful of committees of Congress. In other words, separation of powers is not the doctrine of the executive branch vis-a-vis the Democrat Party. It's the executive branch and institution vis-a-vis another institution, both houses of Congress or one house of Congress. 
This is why they're not issuing subpoenas for the most part, because they're afraid they won't be able to enforce them in federal court, because courts have made this point. So they're issuing letters, again, for the most part. And then they're saying if the administration doesn't comply with their letters, not subpoenas, their letters, they will include this as an obstruction of justice charge in the impeachment charges. First of all, Congress, the House, Pelosi, doesn't get to accuse somebody of obstruction of justice. The technical phrase would be obstruction of Congress or obstruction of the House. This is not about the justice system. And yet they're loosely throwing these phrases around because they know with the media as is today, they can get away with it. There's no obstruction of justice issue here. There's no obstruction of Congress issue here. There's no obstruction of the House issue here since the House is not formally or officially involved in this process. Nancy Pelosi has cut the House out. We were the first to raise this, and I will continue to point it out. And I am thrilled that the lawyers over at the White House are listening to what we have to say over here, although this is such basic stuff, quite frankly. Due process rights. In every past case involving a president of the United States and a House of Representatives and a resolution of impeachment inquiry, the rules of the House have provided for a fulsome ability of the president of the United States, the head of the executive branch, to participate in the process. Under Nancy Pelosi's fascistic fiat, the president of the United States has no ability None whatsoever to participate in this process. None. None. It's interesting to hear the reporting on this. It's been as lousy as the reporting is on everything else. That the President of the United States is creating a constitutional crisis. That the President of the United States is is obstructing a House impeachment inquiry. That the President of the United States is doing this or that. Even on some of our favorite uh, websites. Their headlines are BS. Nancy Pelosi brought us down this path. Not the President of the United States. Nancy Pelosi. The Republicans are mostly cut out of the process as well. They're not able to subpoena witnesses. In the past, the minority party has, in the last three, uh, only three uh, presidential impeachment inquiries. They're not allowed to conduct the kind of investigative activity that the Democrats are. That the Democrats are. Now, there is no legitimate basis, as they point out, for an impeachment inquiry. None. The president hasn't committed any high crimes or misdemeanors. No bribery, no treason. They're working overtime to try and figure out some argument. And so I thought I would take a few minutes in the opening of this program after the break, to go through some of what we know, some of the highlights involving Ukraine. They used to talk about Russia for two and a half years. They used to talk about the Mueller report. They used to talk about volume two of the Mueller report. They used to demand grand jury information. They have failed on every single front. So now it's Ukraine. 
And they don't intend to fail this time, you see, because they are going to violate violate the procedures that have been in place in the House of Representatives for Andrew Johnson, Richard Nixon, and Bill Clinton. It is they who are eviscerating our system of law. It is they who need to be held to account. And so we're going to circle back and we're going to look at this Ukraine matter. I'm going to do it in a very interesting, I think, simple to follow, entertaining way. I'll be right back. You hear me talk about Hillsdale College a lot, about its rigorous classical liberal arts curriculum, about its exceptionally bright and patriotic students. 175 years ago, Hillsdale College was founded with a mission defined by four enduring purposes, learning, character, faith, and freedom. While many institutions have lost their way, Hillsdale College maintains an unwavering commitment to learning, character, faith, and freedom. I've also talked about the great Dr. Larry Arne, the president of Hillsdale College. It's one of the finest Americans I've ever known. And he explains that these four purposes, learning, character, faith, and freedom, remain inseparable in the activity of education at Hillsdale College. He says, learning is difficult and takes more than talent. It takes hard work, which requires character. Freedom is essential for learning, but it is fragile and constantly under threat, so its principles must be studied by all for the sake of its defense. At Hillsdale, faith and learning are integrated toward God because he is the first authority. Folks, if you've ever wondered why I love Hillsdale College, now you know. Visit hillsdale.edu. That's hillsdale.edu for more information. Hillsdale College, pursuing truth and defending liberty since 1844. Remember, that's hillsdale.edu, hillsdale.edu. So the president released the actual phone transcript. Uh, He releases the actual phone transcript. Nancy Pelosi relies on a so-called whistleblower's complaint because she's tipped off by shit about this so-called whistleblower who, as we know, is a rogue Democrat CIA operative who has some link to one of the candidates running for president of the Democrat Party. Still a secret. Still a secret. As Byron York wrote, the IG said the whistleblower worked or had some type of professional relationship with one of the Democratic candidates. The IG said the whistleblower had a professional relationship with one of the 2020 candidates, said another person. This is in testimony with the Inspector General a few days ago. What Atkinson, the Inspector General of the Intelligence Community, said was that the whistleblower self-disclosed that he was a registered Democrat and that he had prior working relationship with a current 2020 Democratic presidential candidate, a third person said. It's exactly why I said to Ed Henry, don't you want to know who this person is? We all want to know who this person is. Jake Tapper mocked the fact that this rogue CIA operative was a Democrat. He said, that's all there is, because CNN has no intention of investigating. Takes the Democrat talking points and regurgitates them, The Democrats take CNN's talking points and regurgitate them, and not just CNN's. So the whistleblower had a professional tie to one of the Democratic candidates. What else did we learn from this Inspector General's testimony? This Inspector General seems pretty lousy to me, by the way. Michael Atkinson. There was an 18-day window, 18-day window, almost three weeks, between July 25, the call 
that this rogue Democrat CIA operative made on the uh, Schumer staff, on the uh, Schiff staff, and the August 12 complaint filing took 18 days to make the filing. Why 18 days? Well, the inspector general doesn't know. I guess he didn't ask. Now, at no time did the rogue CIA Democrat operative with connections to one of the Democrat candidates disclose to the inspector general that he had had contact with Schiff's staff. At no point. Oh, that seems odd. No point. So then the House Democrats call for uh, a quick deposition behind closed doors. The former U.S. Special Envoy for the Ukraine, Kurt Volker. And he's testifying for over 10 hours. And uh, Schiff releases a text message conversation between Volker and, uh, and others in which Schiff and their surrogates in the media make the case that this is very, very bad for the president. It was all over CNN, all over MSNBC, Shep Smith, Chris Wallace, they all run for it, pushed it hard. Except there's one problem. They were cherry-picked. There was no context. There was no full explanation. Mr. Schiff will not release the full transcript of the deposition testimony that took place. And this doesn't seem to bother the media in the least. President of the United States released the phone call. The executive branch released the so-called whistleblower's complaint. But Mr. Schiff will not release what? He won't release that that transcript, which gives the whole lie to this quid pro quo. But he won't do it. What else? Schiff lied to the American people when he said, we have not talked to or had contact with this whistleblower when we had. His staffer had. His staffer briefed him. So he knew that they had. So Schiff lied about that. What else do we know? Well, John Solomon told Hannity on Tuesday that he had newly unearthed documents showing that Ukrainian officials had opened a new probe into the firm linked to Hunter Biden months before President Trump's phone call with the country's leader. Now, what does that mean? The U.S. government had open source intelligence and was aware as early as February of this year that the Ukrainian government was planning to reopen their Burisma investigation. Again, what does that mean? means it doesn't even matter what Donald Trump said. It doesn't matter. They were already starting to look into it in the Ukraine back in February. There's a lot more, a lot more. I'll be right back. Liberty and learning. In a healthy democracy, these two things are mutually supportive. In America today, however, that bond is broken. To help repair the breach, Hillsdale College has launched the Van Andel Graduate School of Government in the nation's capital. And unlike other graduate programs, Hillsdale teaches politics as a human activity oriented toward justice. 
a series of choices guided in the best case by right principles, but made in ever-changing circumstances that require prudence to achieve the best attainable results. Hillsdale's curriculum combines the careful reading of primary sources and serious historical inquiry. Students learn how to apply the principles of free government and advance the cause of constitutionalism in the context of ever-changing circumstances. Hillsdale's new Van Andel School of Government is a program unlike any other in Washington, D.C. Hillsdale College, pursuing truth and defending liberty since 1844. Learn more at levinforhillsdale.com. That's L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. This is the nation's town hall meeting. And you can join in at 877-381-3811. So what do we know so far? The whistleblower had a professional tie to a 2020 Democratic candidate. The whistleblower is a uh, registered Democrat. The whistleblower never told the inspector general of his contacts with uh, Schiff staff. And the whistleblower uh, had an 18-day delay from the time he met the Schiff staffer to the time he filed his complaint. And the whistleblower had the assistance of a law firm with ties to a left-wing nonprofit organization which received seed money from George Soros. We know that about the whistleblower, and we know that his lawyers are trying to treat him like a veal. That is, they will not release his identity because they say he's in danger. You ever heard anything so stupid in your life? The Democrats are trying to keep it under the cover, too, unless, of course, they create a dramatic moment through a choreographed hearing like they did with Blasey Ford and just spring it on people. But nonetheless... This is why there's apparently a conga line of whistleblowers behind this one. And as I said early on, and posted on my uh, uh, social sites on Sunday, why do we need a whistleblower when we have the transcript of the phone call? What are they blowing a whistle about? I mean, this clown, excuse me, this great, noble, courageous patriot, he had secondhand information. He had nothing. Nothing. Now, there's more. The Ukrainian government didn't know about Trump's aid freeze until the month after the call. The president said, yeah, I withhold the funding. I withheld it because I wanted to make sure they weren't so corrupt over there that we'd lose our money. This is typical Trump. This is Trump's pattern. And it's actually quite wise. And there's nothing to prove otherwise. From the Daily Call, the Ukrainian government reportedly did not know that President Donald Trump froze military aid to the country until a month after the phone call that was central to a so-called whistleblower complaint. The detail further complicates allegations that Trump engaged in a quid pro quo arrangement with the Ukrainian president by threatening to withhold the aid until Ukraine agreed to investigate former Vice President Joe Biden. And the detail was first reported in the New York Times but went relatively unnoticed until after the release of the July 25 call transcript and the whistleblower complaint The Times originally dropped the news in the 13th paragraph of a story about the aid freeze. It's also how they treated the Holocaust, by the way. There's no quid pro quo. How can there be a quid pro quo when the Ukrainian government didn't even know there was a quid pro quo? And what about this pressure? Well, from theweek.com, September 22nd, Ukraine's foreign minister says there was no pressure in Trump's call with Ukraine's president, he says he would know. 
but even more, the Ukrainian president himself on September 25th. Nobody pushed me. The Ukrainian president denies Trump pressured him to investigate Biden's son. The foreign minister, the Ukrainian president, the American president, no pressure. No quid pro quo. These are the primary witnesses. These are the material witnesses. These are the actors. And their position is consistent. It's consistent. And what else do we know? Again, the committee's conduct. Schiff was aware of this so-called whistleblower. This so-called whistleblower went to the Democrat staffer who reports to Schiff. Schiff never told the Republicans. Schiff went on TV and lied on MSNBC to the American people. Lied about knowledge of this whistleblower beforehand and that his staffer had met with the whistleblower. Flat out lied about it. And of course there's more. Republicans, because they won't have a vote on the House floor, Republicans have no rights whatsoever. None. And of course, this special envoy, former special envoy to the Ukraine, Volker, he testified for 10 hours in the closed-door deposition, and Schiff starts leaking out cherry-picked text messages that the media run with. Every damn newsroom in the country. Despite the fact the Republicans came out of that same meeting and, and demanded that Schiff release the entire transcript. You know, transparency? The entire transcript. We've heard the Democrats go on and on about grand jury information. They have no damn right to. In the Mueller investigation, they got 99.9% of the report, but it wasn't enough. Here they won't release the transcript of the deposition of the then U.S. Special Envoy for Ukraine, this fellow Volker which kills their entire narrative. Instead, they leak text messages. Media's not upset about that. And then, of course, yesterday, on Hannity, with our friend John Solomon, that man deserves a Pulitzer Prize. He's under attack, of course. A newly unearthed document shows Ukraine officials had opened a new probe into the firm linked to Hunter Biden months before President Trump's phone call. So they say there was no pressure. There's no quid pro quo. The military aid was forthcoming. By the way, under Obama, it wasn't. And uh, in any event, Ukraine had already reopened the probe of Hunter Biden and the linked firm in February of this year, months before Trump's phone call. So there's nothing here, ladies and gentlemen. There's nothing of any kind. Zero. Zero. And the lawlessness, and the violation of, of past established traditional rules when it comes to an impeachment inquiry have been violated all over the place. All over the place. But look at the headlines. And you'll recall at the beginning of this, we were told by the Wall Street Journal that the president mentions Biden eight to nine times in the phone call. Lie. We were told, I believe it was by NBC or another media outlet, that there was a quid pro quo. Lie. Lie. The incurious media, when it comes to the identity of this rogue Democrat partisan CIA operative, is remarkable. Well, we don't want to endanger him 
He's not endangered, not like other whistleblowers have been in the past. Any more than Blasey Ford is in danger, or Nita Hill was in danger, or anybody else was in danger. They're not endangered. That's just BS. I'd love to have this rogue CIA Democrat partisan operative's phone records, wouldn't you? Text messages. Emails. I suspect if the Republicans had subpoena power, that's one of the things they'd be seeking. Isn't it? You bet it is. It's one of the things I assume the president's lawyers would be seeking. And it will blow the lid off this phony impeachment inquiry, this Democrat Party impeachment inquiry. It will blow the lid off of it. But until and unless Nancy Pelosi does this, that's not going to happen. And now I hear reporters and hosts, well, what if Nancy Pelosi says, okay, let's have a vote on the floor of the House. I'm trying to figure out how you put the toothpaste back back into the the, uh, tooth uh, container. The paste container. Back in the tube, I'm trying to say. How do you do that? How do you unscramble the egg? To quote the detestable Walter Durante. Because they've already gone so far. This is also why I, originally, and now others have picked it up and they're writing columns about it and so forth, and that's, that's fine, why I originally said that what needs to happen is the Senate needs to employ the nuclear option. So they have a simple majority vote when this so-called impeachment comes to the Senate, they vote to dismiss it. But there could be a problem. Romney. There's a wonderful piece at Conservative Review done by our folks at Blaze. Do you know Romney's been working behind the scenes on the impeachment of this president? According to this piece. That Romney's been strategizing behind the scenes when the matter comes to the Senate, if and when it comes to the Senate on the trial. Did you know this? This is what Romney's doing. Romney's basically Hillary Clinton in drag. Romney is Hillary Clinton in drag. Romney hasn't gotten over the fact that he lost the presidency to Barack Milhouse Benito Obama. And how he blew off that third debate. How he ran such a lousy campaign. How all their software went poof on election day when they were trying to get out the vote. Romney blew it. Romney's embarrassed that He had visited Donald Trump at his place in New Jersey and was interviewing, interviewing for a Secretary of State and Donald Trump didn't choose him. He's still furious about that. Can't believe that Donald Trump didn't choose him. He feels humiliated that he was turned away. And yet he sought Donald Trump's endorsement when he was running for the Senate in Utah. And he did seek to be Secretary of State under Donald Trump. But he's a very thin-skinned man. In the end, that's what he is. 
And now he wants to make nice with the media so the media can write wonderful pieces about him. So Chuck Todd can promote him and point to him as an independent thinking Republican who wants to clean up Donald Trump's mess, you know, that sort of thing. But Mitt Romney's actually working behind the scenes. This according to Vanity Fair. And of course, they don't lie over there. He's working behind the scenes on the Trump impeachment and should that impeachment reach the Senate. Because he wants to take out Donald Trump. He wants to take out Donald Trump. I'll be right back. Mark Since its founding in 1844, Hillsdale College has provided students with sound learning of the kind essential to preserving our civil and religious liberty. Now, I want to tell you about Imprimus, the free monthly speech digest of Hillsdale College. Imprimus is dedicated to educating citizens and promoting civil and religious liberty by covering important cultural, economic, political, and educational issues. First published in 1972, Imprimus is one of America's most widely read publications in support of liberty. With more subscribers, 3.9 million, than the Wall Street Journal and the New York Times. And recent Imprimus publications have addressed issues like free speech, the regulation of big tech, mental illness, and the American medical insurance system. And because America's founding principles are so important, Hillsdale offers Imprimus absolutely free of charge to anyone who requests it. That's right. You can subscribe to Imprimus for free. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to visit imprimus.hillsdale.edu for your free subscription. That's Imprimus, I-M-P-R-I-M-I-S dot Hillsdale dot E-D-U. Welcome to Hillsdale. Mitt Romney, Vanity Fair by Condé Nast. When it comes to impeachment, the Republican Senate, resting on the bedrock of Donald Trump's base, remember this is a left-wing rag, but still, has been viewed as an unbreachable wall. But what would it look like if it started to crack? The first sign might be an ominous quiet. The emergence of a second intelligence agency whistleblower. This one reportedly with a first-hand account that Trump withheld military aid from Ukraine to pressure its government to investigate Joe and Hunter Biden. None of that happened. Complicates the president's deep state conspiracy defense. And the senators on whom Trump's political survival rests are mostly lying low. Everything I just told you demonstrates the dishonesty of this reporter. But let's go on. The messaging is missing this time, a former West Wing official told me. Even Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell said last week that he would be forced to hold a Senate trial if the House impeached Trump. Uh, No, he's not. He can do what I said he can do. There's no flood of GOP refugees yet, but there is unmistakable drift. Trump's approval rating among Republicans is 87%, a drop of four points since mid-September, he goes on. In the Senate... Ben Sass and Susan Collins have made their usual equivocal noises, but not surprisingly, it's Mitt Romney, longtime Trump antagonist and sometimes suck-up, who has become the standard bear, leading to questions as to what is his game. According to sources, donors have in recent days called the Utah senator and encouraged him to run against Trump in the primary. Quote, there's a half billion dollars on the sidelines from guys who are fed up with Trump, a GOP donor told me. That's such a lie. 
But let's play along. Their hopes were raised when Romney attacked Trump, tweeting, by all appearances, the president's brazen and unprecedented appeal to China and Ukraine to investigate Joe Biden is wrong and appalling. I'm looking for his tweet about Joe Biden and his son, but I can't find it, by the way. And it goes on. According to people close to Romney, he's firmly decided against primarying Trump, an enterprise he believes to be a sure loser given Trump's enduring GOP support. He's also told people that as an unsuccessful two-time presidential candidate, he's the wrong person to take Trump on. Instead, a Romney advisor told me, Romney believes he has more potential power as a senator who will decide Trump's fate in an impeachment trial. Quote, he could have tremendous influence in the impeachment process as the lone voice of conscience in the Republican caucus, the advisor said. This guy is a real backstabber, isn't he? This guy is really precious. Incredible. Romney is the one guy who could bring along Susan Collins, Cory Gardner, Ben Sass. Romney is the pressure point in the impeachment process. That's why the things he's saying are freaking Republicans out. Doesn't freak me out. He's a very disloyal, self-promoting individual who stands for virtually nothing. You know, I'm a severe conservative. No, you're a severe pain in the ass, actually. I don't know what a severe conservative is. Do you, Mr. Producer? If you have to say you're a severe uh, conservative, you've got a severe ego problem because nobody says they're a severe conservative. So that's what Romney's doing, ladies and gentlemen. He's Hillary Clinton in drag. Now, Hillary Clinton's out there saying, you know, she'd think about running against Trump again. She beat him the first time. I guess Hillary doesn't know how the Constitution works. She lost in an Electoral College landslide. Just because you run up votes in California doesn't mean you win. Doesn't mean you win. You didn't win the first time, Hillary. But she's psychotic. May I say that she's psychotic, Mr. Producer? We're not supposed to make any distinguishing comments about genitalia, right? Everybody's genitalia is the same, or it's all different, or whatever it is. So we won't, we won't hold back on talking about Hillary Clinton just because of her genitalia. She needs to be treated like everybody else. She's a psycho. An absolute psycho. She wants to run again. She can run again. Who's stopping her? She can waddle rather than run. I recall that. And I don't remember her doing that very well in Michigan, in Wisconsin, in Minnesota. Minnesota. She ran a lousy campaign. She's a lousy candidate. And she'd be a lousy president. And you talk about collusion with Russia. She's colluded up the wazoo. May I say that? I think I will. She's colluded up the wazoo. And not just with Russia. With Ukraine. More when I return. Here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, everybody. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811, 877-381-3811. Joe Biden in New Hampshire today, trying to interfere with our election. 
calling for the impeachment of his opponent, should he be the nominee. He's calling on the Democrat Party in the House of Representatives to remove the President of the United States. So it could smooth the way, should he be the Democrat nominee, to be, for him to become President of the United States. Nobody's explained it this way, so I am. Joe Biden is trying to oust his opponent in the general election, should Joe Biden become the nominee of the Democrat Party. Very, very unlikely, nonetheless. And so he's openly telling the Democrat majority in the House to keep at it and to impeach him. And even if he isn't removed by the Senate, which is very, very unlikely, he will have damaged his opponent in the general election. So it is now Joe Biden who is trying to use the constitutional process of impeachment bastardized by Nancy Pelosi against his possible opponent in the general election. You'll hear that repeated tonight and tomorrow, but that's what's going on. Joe Biden, the individual who should be under criminal investigation, if not the Ukraine in our country, quite frankly. Somebody should be investigating the Biden crime family. Hunter, his stooge brother, that is Joe Biden's stooge brother. How they made millions of dollars off of the Biden name. Isn't it interesting that those who say Ukraine should investigate and China should investigate, not one of them says that the United States should investigate. But why shouldn't it? <clears throat> Here's Joe Biden in New Hampshire today. I think he knew he was in New Hampshire today. He didn't call it Vermont like he did last month. But who knows? Who knows what's going on in that brain we call spaghetti? Cut one, go. We believe Americans should decide American elections, period. But Donald Trump will do anything to get reelected including violating the most basic forms of democracy. I don't know what that means when it's his party that attacks the Electoral College, when it's his party that opposes every effort to clean up our voting rolls, when it's his party that opposes every effort to have voter ID. I have no idea what he's talking about. Of course, he doesn't know what he's talking about. Somebody wrote this for him. Go ahead. It's stunning and it's dangerous. Because it directly threatens our democracy. What directly threatens our democracy? What is dangerous that Donald Trump is doing? These platitudes are incredible. It's dangerous. It's dangerous. It directly threatens our democracy. What directly threatens our democracy? Go ahead. This is not hyperbole. It's a fact. It's BS. You're full of BS. Go ahead. No president in American history has ever dared to engage in such unimaginable behavior. What, do you, what kind of unimaginable? What are you talking about? You mean Lyndon Johnson using the IRS and FBI against his political opponents? John Kennedy using the IRS and the FBI against his political opponents? Your administration using the IRS against the Tea Party and your political opponents, hence? What are you talking about? Go ahead. With his words and his actions, President Trump has indicted himself by obstructing justice. Let's stop. He's not. Obs- 
guy was chairman of the Senate Judiciary Committee. He's been a lawyer for most of his life. Very bad one, but he's been in government. The president didn't obstruct justice. How did the president obstruct justice? We're not in the justice system. It's the impeachment process. Maybe you can obstruct Congress or obstruct the House or something of that sort. And he hasn't. But he's not obstructing justice like the House of Representatives or the Democrats controlling it are in charge of justice. Clearly, they're not. This is a battle that the president is waging, a perfectly legitimate legal-slash-constitutional battle, which he's challenging the authority of Nancy Pelosi and the way in which the Democrats in the House are managing this. And they can pull out every egghead professor from any liberal law school they want and get their quotes. You know, the rules aren't in the Constitution. The rules aren't in the Constitution. The Constitution does say that the House of Representatives shall have the sole power on impeachment. And Nancy Pelosi is not the House of Representatives. And the Democrat Party is not the House of Representatives. They're one party. And what they're doing here, using our tax dollars and using the institution of the House of Representatives to try to affect the next election is appalling. And Joe Biden's in on it now. Joe Biden wants the Democrats to use the House of Representatives, to use our tax dollars, to use the impeachment process to eliminate, should he be the nominee, his opponent, the President of the United States, or to damage his opponent, the President of the United States, so severely that he thinks he can beat him. That's what Joe Biden's doing. If we had a real press in this country, they'd be all over it. Go ahead. Refusing to comply with the congressional inquiry, he's already convicted himself. In full view of the world and the American people. He hasn't convicted himself of anything, no matter how dramatic you get. He's got a little energy drink there, I think, Mr. Producer. He's already convicted himself. What they're trying to do is turn the tables, reverse the script. Because it's been said here and elsewhere that Biden has convicted himself with his own words on that video. That he ordered Ukraine to fire their prosecutor. Or he was going to withhold a billion dollars in aid. That's truly obstruction of justice. That's truly the indictment of himself. For the whole world to view. Go ahead. Donald Trump has violated his oath of office. No, he hasn't. He hasn't betrayed the nation. Go ahead. This nation and committed impeachable acts. No, he hasn't. Not in the least. Cut two. go. To preserve our Constitution, our democracy, our basic integrity. I always love it when leftists and Democrats talk about preserving our Constitution. They're the same ones who attack the Second Amendment and try to rip it out of the Bill of Rights. They're the same ones denying this president due process, the ability to cross-examine witnesses. Again, it's not a criminal trial or a civil case, but it is basic fairness, basic justice. This is what Western civilization does, of which apparently the Democrat Party is not a member. Basic fairness, the Constitution, our democracy, basic integrity. Go ahead. He should be impeached. Wow. 
Joe Biden thinks the president should be impeached. So he's one of the gaggle of Democrats running for president who think that. Why is this newsworthy? Joe Biden should be criminally investigated. Forget about the Ukraine and China. Shouldn't a U.S. attorney open an investigation of Hunter Joe Biden and Joe Biden's brother? I would think so. But you watch, if that ever occurred, media would go nuts. You can't investigate a Democrat running for president, whether it's Hillary Clinton or Joe Biden. Go ahead. That's not only because of what he's done to answer whether he has committed acts of sufficient to warrant impeachment is obvious. We see it in Trump's own words. We see it in the text from State So we have this kangaroo court in the House, this so-called Intelligence Committee, and that's good enough for Biden. He should be impeached. They're not even done collecting their one-sided information like the Soviets used to do. Not even done. But Joe Biden, like Joe Stalin, is ready to convict. At least to prosecute. And then convict. Go ahead. That have been made public. We see it in his pulling much of the United States government into his corrupt schemes, individuals and then the government, his appointees. Into his corrupt schemes? This guy is is a complete... uh, kook. Why? Because the Attorney General and a U.S. Attorney are investigating what took place at the highest levels of the FBI folks. Isn't this amazing? Every senior official at the highest levels of the FBI was forced to resign and is under some form of investigation. Every one of them. Every one of them. The unmasking of American citizens under the Biden campaign. Uh, Biden administration. All this took place when Biden was vice president of the United States. Nobody ever questions Biden about what he knows and when he knew it. Nobody. Gets a free ride. Caught on tape, threatening the Ukrainian government, blackmailing the Ukrainian government, and he thinks he can turn it on Trump. That's not going to happen. At least not with most of us. Go ahead. That impeachment isn't only isn't only about what the president has done. It's about the threat the president poses to the nation. If so basically, in- now this man is so desperate that he's insisting that the Democrats in the House do his dirty work for him. That they smear Trump. That they impeach Trump that they send it to the Senate where he hopes the senators are so brain-dead that they won't do something that I suggested or something like it, but we'll have a full trial leading right up to the general election, eliminating a number of Republican senators who will not have time to campaign and so forth, creating this negative spectacle for the Republicans, for the president, with the media celebrating and cheering them on, But Joe Biden holds himself out like this kind of a a wise man. Solomon type. Solemn-esque. And of course he's the dumbest man, probably one of the dumbest men ever to be in public office. And this is also his way of diverting attention from himself. 
The Bidens are corrupt. They're corrupt. Go ahead. Office. One thing about this president is absolutely clear. And I don't think anyone can contradict this. He has seen no limits to his power, regardless of what the Constitution what says. What is he talking about? The president's been challenged in court. He's won some and he's lost some. He follows what the court rulings are. He follows the precedent, whether it's the National Emergencies Act, precedent of prior presidents, including Obama. He didn't issue a fiat on DACA, where a few years before he said he couldn't. They keep talking about him violating the Constitution. What has he violated in the Constitution? Absolutely nothing. While this party, the Democrat Party, attacks the Constitution's founders as slave owners, the framers and the ratifiers, in order to demean it and degrade it and show disrespect for it, they're the ones who attack separation of powers. They're the ones who try to put progressive activists on the courts rather than originalists who interpret the Constitution. It is they who attack the Electoral College, who attack the Second Amendment, and so many of our amendments. And yet there he is, Joe Biden, decades of shredding our Constitution. He and his buddy Ted Kennedy and Patrick Leahy, just to name two, telling us who's threatening the Constitution and democracy. What a joke. I'll be right back. Mark in. With the daily fake news dump pouring through your TV, mobile phones and computers, you may have missed some real news like the recent study in the journal Cell Metabolism. Scientists suspected a correlation between growing rates of obesity and processed foods, but what this study discovered was that these foods also appear to lead people to overeat. Here's the bottom line. You need fresh fruits and vegetables in your diet, which is why I recommend that you start taking Field of Greens by Brickhouse Nutrition. Just one scoop of Field of Greens has a full serving of real USDA-certified organic fruits and vegetables. It helps boost your immunity using antioxidants, prebiotics, and probiotics. This is real food, not some fake supplement lab powder. Just read the nutrition facts panel on the side. Go to BrickHouseLevin.com, that's BrickHouseLevin.com, and you'll get 15% off your first order with the offer code LEVIN. You know you're not going to start cooking fresh fruits and vegetables, so let's not pretend. Just get one full cup of fruits and one full cup of vegetables every day with Field of Greens. Go to BrickHouseLevin.com, BrickHouseLevin.com, offer code LEVIN. All right, one more little clip from Biden. I don't want to cause us all to go to sleep. Cut four, go. The people around the president knew that what he was doing was wrong, profoundly wrong. So what did they try to do? They tried to cover it up by hiding the evidence, classifying it like no other president attempt to classify these conversations. All right, blah, 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 blah. it's one conversation. <laughs> they put it in a classified location, classified server. The president released this, ladies and gentlemen. Adam Schiff won't even release the transcript of the 10-hour deposition of the former envoy to the Ukraine. The president of the United States released this. It doesn't matter where he put it. No, he's trying to cover up. The president of the United States, as I've said repeatedly, 
could have put this transcript anywhere he wanted because ultimately he could have asserted executive privilege over it and he would have won. No court would order a president to release a phone call to a committee of this kind. None. Or it wouldn't last if it were an Obama judge eventually get to the circuit courts and the Supreme Court. So he would have asserted executive privilege. It doesn't matter what server he put it on. It's not a cover-up. This is the extremes to which they'll go to try and create an impression. And that's what it's all about. An impression. This is all choreographed. This is all choreographed. No pressure. No quid pro quo. No cover-up. No, no whistleblowers even needed. We have the transcript. Nothing. There is nothing here. Nothing. Except what the media are creating. And the Democrat Party is creating. And Romney and other opportunists are trying to create. There's nothing. And the transcript of the phone call doesn't say, quote, the president said, do me a favor on Biden and I'll get you military aid. No, it doesn't. Favor has to do with the 2016 investigation. There is no linkage. Well, he should never mention Biden, ladies and gentlemen. But he did. So what? So what? I hear this is the big... Should never mention Biden. Well, what if his attorney general had mentioned we want to look at Biden? Well, that's different. What if a U.S. attorney did? You understand, folks, if a United States attorney in our own country or the public integrity section at the criminal division of Maine Justice decided to investigate the Bidens, they'd be going to the Ukraine and China for information? You aware of that? They'd be going to the Ukraine and China for information. They would need the assistance and cooperation and collaboration. May I say collaboration? Of the Chinese government and the Ukrainian government. And our government does this all the time in embezzlement cases, drug cases, terrorism cases, you name it. We do it all the time. We're just not allowed to do it with Biden. And so the, the, the argument they're trying to make is the president is eliciting these foreign countries to go after a political opponent. <clears throat> well, that's actually what three Democrats in the Senate were doing when they wrote a letter to the general prosecutor in Ukraine demanding that they help Mueller get Trump. And the cover-up is really the senator from Connecticut, this guy Murphy, who's been in public office since he was 25, never held a real job. When he threatened the Ukrainians, they better not look into Joe Biden. I don't know how much longer we the people are going to put up with this crap. I'll be right back. You wake up in the morning feeling sluggish and have to drag yourself through your day. Do you feel bloated, tired, and out of shape? Eating healthy is a habit, but most of us don't really know exactly what we should be eating, right? How much we should be eating and how to properly prepare it. This is why I drink Field of Greens every morning before I start my day. Just one scoop of Field of Greens has a full serving of real USDA-certified organic fruits and vegetables. Helps boost your immunity using antioxidants, prebiotics, and probiotics. Now this is real food, not some fake supplement lab powder. 
Just read the Nutrition Facts panel on the side. Go to BrickHouseLevin.com and get 15% off your first order with the offer code LEVIN. Now, you know you're not going to start cooking fresh fruits and vegetables, so let's not pretend. Just get one full cup of fruits and one full cup of vegetables every day with Field of Greens. Go to BrickHouseLevin.com, BrickHouseLevin.com, offer code LEVIN. The media mad. Mark Levin, call in with your outrage. 877-381-3811. It's been the best year for mortgage rates since 2011. I mean, I can remember when mortgage rates were 12, 12.5%. Fed policy and the U.S.-China trade war have been key players. Major updates on either front could cause a volatile reaction in rates. So it's essential to get your finances in order today. Pay off some high interest debt or lower your mortgage rate while the market is in your favor. It takes as little as 10 minutes to start when you call my friends at American Financing. This is a family-owned company, and their salary-based mortgage consultants will provide a free mortgage review. They don't pay their employees a commission, so there's no pressure. No upfront fees either. Your best interests are truly top of mind. They want to customize your loan and do that which makes sense for you and your family. And the closings, by the way, are fast. Best of all, when you refinance with American Financing, you don't have to reset your mortgage term either. You may even be able to postpone two mortgage payments. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. As time goes by, opportunity goes by too. This is the right place, American Financing. It's a 10-minute call. That's all it is. Not a lot of pressure. That's not what they do. It's a conversation. They want to know what you want. They want to know about you. They want to tell you what they can do to help you. This is the perfect time, and this is a great company. Call 888-900-1828. That's 888-900-1828. Or go online to AmericanFinancing.net. American Financing, NMLS, 182334, www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. Well, we've covered a lot, I think. Pretty much. Now, we should listen to a few other voices, I think, before we move on. And I do want to move on soon. They're bringing out Susan Rice to attack Trump and to defend Biden. Does it get any dumber than that, Mr. Producer? Susan Rice goes on five Sunday shows and lies five times. Five Sunday shows and lies five times. Here's what she said. Cut five. Oh, this is September 27, 2019. It's important. Go ahead. What they did, instead of storing it in the normal system, which is protected and classified, even though there was no classified substance in that actual discussion, instead of putting it where it normally resides, they hid it on a very highly sensitive, highly compartmented server that very few people in the U.S. government have access to in order to bury it. How often did you guys move over conversations onto that kind of server? moved them over unless they were legitimately in their contents classified. Can you say which ones you moved over? <laughs> <laughs> but 
it's rare that a presidential conversation would be classified to that highest level. It's not impossible. It's very rare. It's very rare. So, in other words, Trump was covering up. Folks, this is the worst cover-up in world history. The transcript was put out. So this is all bogus. This is all, you know, a shell game with the Democrats. All right, I want to move on to Syria and the Kurds. Seems like a lot of my friends who are usually sensible on this issue are not today. What, are we going to go to war forever? We're going to go to war forever? We moved 50 to 100 troops out of northern Syria. Well, Mark, um, the Turks were going to attack anyway, so we had to get out of their way. Oh, really? That's an interesting new rewrite and spin of events. The Turks were never going to attack American troops. But that's the latest line we're hearing from apparatchiks who support this position. First of all, do we have the Rand Paul audio, Mr. Producer, from a few years back? We don't have it? Okay, I thought I sent that to you. All right, well, let's get it. Uh, I believe it was on uh, Right Scoop, or at least a statement from him. Let's see if we can find that. Where Rand Paul said we should arm the Kurds, and uh, they'll fight vigorously. They'll fight vigorously because they want their own country, and that's what we should do. But of course, Rand Paul doesn't believe that anymore. So I want you to know what is taking place without any of the spin. I'm pulling this up. This is Jennifer Griffin from Fox News. She's a real reporter on national security. She just tweeted, as our friends at Right Scoop noted, I just spoke to a distraught U.S. Special Forces soldier who is among the thousand or so U.S. troops in Syria tonight who's serving alongside the SDF Kurdish forces. It was one of the hardest phone calls I've ever taken. He said, I am ashamed for the first time in my career. And here's what she tweeted further. This veteran U.S. Special Forces soldier has trained indigenous forces on multiple continents. He's on the front lines tonight and said they are witnessing Turkish atrocities. Turkey's not doing what it agreed to. It's horrible, this military source on the ground told me. We met every single security agreement. The Kurds met every single agreement. There was no threat to the Turks, none, from this side of the border. This is insanity, the concerned U.S. service member told me. I don't know what they call atrocities, but they are happening now. This American soldier told me the Kurds have not left their positions guarding the ISIS prisoners. In fact, they prevented a prison break last night without us. They are not abandoning our side yet. But the Kurds are pleading for our support, and we are doing nothing. Troops on the ground in Syria and their commanders were surprised by the decision Sunday night. Of the president's decision, he says, he doesn't understand the problem, he doesn't understand the repercussions of this. Erdogan is an Islamist, not a level-headed actor. 
As to this U.S. soldier on the ground tonight in Syria, he said, according to him, the Kurds are as close to Western thinking in the Middle East as anyone. It is a shame. It's horrible. This is not helping the ISIS fight. And regarding the ISIS prisoners, he said, many of them will be free in the coming days and weeks. This U.S. Special Forces soldier wanted me to know the Kurds are sticking by us. No other partner I've ever dealt with would stand by us. Disappointed in the decisions coming from their senior leaders. So according to the report by Fox's Jennifer Griffin, the Turks are committing atrocities against the Kurds now. Well, Mark, we can't fight wars forever. Let me ask you a question, folks, when you hear that. Are you persuaded by this argument? That we can't fight wars forever? Is that our goal, to fight wars forever? When the Kurds were helping us against ISIS, did we inform them that when it's over, we're leaving? No. Well, why didn't we? Did we tell them we're going to remove our troops from, from the northern part of Syria that borders Turkey after they're done helping us fight ISIS? No, we didn't tell them that. Well, why didn't we tell them that? You can make the argument that we're tired of wars as a basis for withdrawing from every corner of the globe. Every corner of the globe. And the Chinese and the Iranians and the North Koreans and the Russians would thank you. America goes through periods like this. And what happens? Typically, we have to fight our way out of it. Because there are evil, genocidal individuals and regimes that try to take advantage of it. They fill these vacuums and they're not satisfied. And now, unlike World War II even, these relatively poor, backward countries can get nuclear weapons. So when you hear somebody say that's 7,000 miles away, So what? What do you think an intercontinental ballistic missile is all about, an ICBM? It's to hit locations that are thousands of miles away. We're not talking about conventional warfare. I really don't know what else to say. If I can't persuade you of what I believe the the wrong-headedness and actual immorality of this, then I'm never going to be able to. It doesn't matter. Don't even bother calling. It's okay. We disagree. But in my own personal life, I can't treat people this way. In my own personal life. If somebody helps me fend off somebody who is assaulting or attempting to assault me when it's over, and that person now needs to be protected, I don't just walk away. You know, I can't stand on this corner forever, getting in fights all the time. And then that guy gets beaten to a pulp. It's not my problem. That's not how Americans think. That's not how Americans think. You know, it's too bad that we have to fight crime all the time, but we do. It's too bad that we have to have as many jails and prisons that we have. But we do. 
It's too bad. It's a terrible thing. But there are evil people. Some of them take control of countries. Some of them take control of neighborhoods. Some of them try and take control of 7-Elevens. You just can't become an ostrich and hide from this stuff. And I understand the arguments of others who, who try and mischaracterize and smear me and others as having some bizarre outside interests or something. Or we can't just fight forever. Nobody wants to fight forever. We weren't even fighting the Turks here. I don't even know what that means in this case. We weren't fighting anybody. In fact, it was a great success. But we just opened the door to the Turks, this piece of S, Erdogan, to wipe these people out. Now, I've heard it said that we've given them a lot of money for arms and so forth. Yeah, we have. Because it's in our best interest. It was to fight ISIS. They don't have any factories. They don't have assembly lines. They don't have access to to material and so forth. They're helping us fight terrorists. And they're damn good fighters, and they've been extremely loyal. Now, according to this report by Jennifer Griffin at Fox, there are atrocities taking place. Also, what kind of message does this send all over the world to people who are helping us in one hellhole after another so we don't have to send troops, so we don't have to send more troops? It tells them we're unreliable, that when we're done with our business, we're out. We're out. Well, Mark, you know, our troops were in harm's way. No, they weren't. That is a new argument that was invented today. It was invented today. It wasn't said yesterday or the day before yesterday. It was invented today. The troops are in harm's way from the Turks, a NATO ally. No, they weren't. The Turks wanted us out of the way so they could do exactly what they're doing right now. You know, I, I adore this president. It's not my aim to sabotage him or harm him in any way, and I'm not going to. I consider him a good friend. But I strongly disagree on this, as I do with other friends, even family members, even my wife on different issues here and there. But this is a big one. And I'm not going to adopt the Bernie Sanders, Rand Paul, code pink Republican position. Isolationism leads to the killing of more American forces. Isolationism leads to threat to the homeland. Radical interventionism leads to the death of American soldiers. That's why you won't find me on either side of this. I'm not an ideologue. The magic word here is prudence. This was a huge mistake in my view. I'll be right back.
If you have a moment, I want you all to go to BrickHouseLevin.com. Just go there and click on the Buy Now button so you can read the reviews. Over 1,200 five-star reviews, I might add. But this one caught my attention from Steve in Denver. I'm upset with Mark because he's got me hooked on Field of Greens. What a great product. Thank you, BrickHouse, for your amazing product and great customer service. I'm a monthly subscriber, and I won't live without it. And you're welcome, Steve. And subscribing is smart. You save money that way. Field of Greens is made with real USDA organic fruits and vegetables and helps boost your immunity using antioxidants, prebiotics, and probiotics. Plus, they offer a 100% satisfaction guarantee or your money back. Go to BrickHouseLevin.com or call 833-RING-BHN. Get 15% off your first order with promo code LEVIN. That's BrickHouseLevin.com or call 833-RING-BHN, promo code LEVIN. You know, for a moment, forget Russian hackers and elections. This is where cyber thieves are stealing American homes. And guess where your home's legal title and mortgage documents are kept? They're kept online, wide open, for the world to see. Your signature and everything thieves need to take over ownership of your home is easily available online. Thieves forge your name of title, then rifle the deed and refile it so it appears you sold it. Then they go to unscrupulous lenders and borrow money using your home's equity. Then they disappear and stick you with the payments. Banks, insurance, identity theft programs do not protect you. They don't. But Home Title Lock does. Home Title Lock puts a virtual firewall around your home's title and mortgage. They monitor the black market to see if your home is for sale. And your home's equity is your retirement, your emergency fund. Let me help protect it with 60 risk-free days of Home Title Lock. Here's what you do. Go to HomeTitleLock.com, HomeTitleLock.com, and your address to see if you're already a victim. But defend yourself at HomeTitleLock.com, HomeTitleLock.com. I strongly encourage you to do this. Rand Paul, Wednesday, March 11, 2015. The Kentucky Republican, who's inching closer to a bid for president, they wrote at the time, said in an interview with Breitbart that he believes the U.S. should not only directly arm Kurdish fighters, but also promise the Kurds a country. Paul acknowledged that turning the Kurdistan region into a country would be easier said than done, but he touted the benefits of his proposal. Listen to this crackpot. This guy. It's crackpot. Even as his... uh, Communications director writing crackpockery out there, if you will. Yes, I invented it. All right, Mr. Producer, who do you recommend I speak to? Amy, Colorado Springs, Sirius Satellite, go. Hi, Mark. Thanks for taking my call. You got Um, it. Just a quick comment about the letter from the White House. As a Trump voter out here, just a regular girl, I was so happy to see that the president still has fight in him. I don't know how he wakes up. I today. saw the president yesterday. He's got more than fight in him. He is the most energetic person I've ever met. 
Yeah, I was going to mention that also that, you know, if you talk to him again, just tell him that people are behind him. You understand. I already told him I put the video of this on my social sites, and I told him that. You'll see that if you take a look at it. Oh, I sure will do that, Mark. And, you know, I uh, we're behind him. I, I'm glad that he's talking about due process. Um, we can see what's happening, and we respect due process in this country. Most voters do. and Well, I think half the voters do. The other half just don't give a damn. And we're about to find out when the election comes. All right, Amy, thank you. We'll be right back. Broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, everybody. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811, Remember Colin Kaepernick and all the protests at the football games and the liberal NBA coaches like Stephen Kerr and the, what's that jerk with San Antonio? I can't remember his name. But it doesn't matter. Remember, all protesting social injustice in the United States. See, that's easy to do, folks. Even for very, very wealthy coaches and players. It's easy to make a spectacle. It's easy to draw attention to yourself, to be celebrated by the sports media. Sure. And then if you suck and you can't get a job, it's because you're being discriminated against because of your views and blah, blah, blah. But even LeBron James and others, constantly with the liberal uh, attacks. But not when it comes to communist China. Communist China has 2 million Muslims in gulags where they are raped, where they are assaulted, where they are tortured, where they are murdered, where they are indoctrinated. Uyghurs, same with Falun Gong, same with Christians, or anybody else who doesn't fit in who doesn't comply. Communist China. They've yanked the Ten Commandments out of churches, and now they have the sayings of Xi in these churches. They have no say. It is the greatest monitoring police state on the face of the earth. You get social credit numbers. If you're a good soldier of the Communist Party, you get a higher number than others who aren't, and some of them who aren't don't even know they aren't. You're constantly checked at various checkpoints. If you want to go into a store or a mall, they have police stations on every other block now. I'm quite serious. If you saw Levin TV, I think it was last night, you will have seen this, as we talked about it at some length, and showed the video. But it is amazing the tolerance that these same people in our country, athletes, sports leagues, and other corporations, by the way, have for a genocidal murderous regime like Red China. 
like communist China. And so motivated are they to do business in China that they surrender any pretense anymore of morality and ethics. The 76ers, this is my home team, the Philadelphia 76ers eject fans for free Hong Kong sign. There are fans who have a free Hong Kong sign, they're sitting in the stands, and they're thrown out of the stadium. A pair of spectators at the 76ers matchup with the Gansu Loon Lions, assume it's a Chinese team, were ejected on Tuesday after holding signs that read Free Hong Kong, according to ABC6 Philadelphia. Sam Walks and his wife reportedly had their signs confiscated at the Wells Fargo Center in Philadelphia. They then began to voice their support for protesters in Hong Kong and were re- ejected out of the arena. There's no foul language, no politics, Walks told ABC6. I think it's shameful, harsh reaction. Wax and his wife are not arrested after being escorted out of the arena, according to AB6's Christy Iletto. Their signs were not returned. Philadelphia responded to the incident with a statement on Wednesday. Quote, At last evening's game, following multiple complaints from guests and verbal confrontations with others in attendance, two individuals were warned by Wells Fargo Center staff about their continuing disruption of the fan experience, the 76ers wrote. Ultimately, the decision was made by the Wells Fargo Center personnel to remove the guests from the premises, which was accomplished without incident. Now, this seems quite odd to me, because if you look at the picture of these two, Mr. Producer, it looks like a very empty stadium, doesn't it? Does it look like anybody's bothered? No, they're sitting there by themselves. The people in front of them are smiling and laughing. I don't see any disruption whatsoever. The NBA's relationship with China has fractured over the last week after Rockets GM Daryl Morey tweeted his support of protesters in Hong Kong. We touched on this, but let's continue. A pair of NBA CARES events in uh, China were canceled on Tuesday and Wednesday. And the Lakers' preseason contests against the Nets in Shanghai are in jeopardy of being canceled. This is because the GM of the Houston Rockets had a, a, a tweet. And he didn't write that much. It was mostly a graphic supporting the Hong Kong protesters. NBA Commissioner Adam Silver addressed the rift between the league and China on Monday. I think as a values-based organization, I want to make it clear that Daryl Morey is supported in terms of his ability to exercise his freedom of expression. He's already apologized. Chinese state television CCTV has suspended its broadcasts of NBA preseason games. The network added it will immediately investigate all cooperation and exchanges involving the NBA. This is how a totalitarian communist regime conducts itself. And look how players and teams are buckling under, despite what this league president says. ESPN buckled under. Apparently a memo went out to its hosts, don't get involved in this. It's a very left-wing network. Don't get involved in this. If you're going to protest, protest against your own country, where we don't have gulags. This is appalling. I look at what's going on at the Kurds, I look at what's going on here. I'm starting to think we're losing our soul. 
You've got all these companies operating in China. Get the hell out of China. Go somewhere else. Go to India. India has as many people as China. They don't threaten us like this. China is the enemy. And look how China reacts. We're going to punish the NBA. And James Harden, who I used to like on the Rockets, he proved to be a gutless wonder. He buckled immediately. He buckled immediately. We like China. We love China. Well, I don't. Not in the least. It's really quite amazing to me. These same people who badmouth their own country, a magnificent country. You see what's going on in this, in this country, China. You can go on the internet and see for yourselves. You can watch Levin TV from last night. It is a brutal, brutal regime. Many of these are the same players, same coaches who don't want to go to the White House. Can't be with Trump. He's a dictator. You know, can't go with him, man. Systemic racism and all. You know, that's not cool. But China, we like China. China's okay. And if they want us to stop exercising our First Amendment right here in America, well then by God, we will comply. In fact, we'll apologize to China. We're sorry if we upset you. Look like a bunch of sissies. All these big, tough athletes. That's what they look like to me. Because when the rubber hits the road, they can't be counted on. And I'm ashamed of my Philadelphia 76ers. And if it were me, I'd never go to another game. Certainly not this year. Wouldn't go to another game this year, that's for sure. That's how you have to uh, deal with these sorts of things. Why do you think they're in China? I'll be right back. Let me tell you something about the book industry and the publishing industry. Publishers want publishers want their authors to push out their books in October and November before the holidays. Now my books don't come out typically in October and November because I have a writing cycle, you know, not riding, writing. And I write the way I write, and typically the book will be done maybe in February, March, April, May, August, something like that. And we put it out immediately. We don't wait for October or November for the holiday season. But a lot of them are hoping to ride the Christmas and Hanukkah season, you know, to sell books. Got it? Okay, fine, no problem. But then I become inundated with books and authors, and they're all my friends. And Mr. Bedusa will tell you, every one of them... What's an hour interview on my radio show? And they want to go on Life, Liberty, and Levin. I just can't do that. I can't turn Life, Liberty, and Levin into C-SPAN book notes. I have no problem with C-SPAN book notes. That's not the point of the Sunday show. And I can't turn my radio show into radio book notes. I'm going to have various authors on who have written tremendous books and so forth. That's fine, but not for an hour. And uh, we'll do the best we can. 
But this is not an infomercial. Because I can't handle... I, I've got literally right now, Mr. What do we have? 12? 10? They're piling up. <clears throat> and I want the publishers to know something out there. When you send a book to my home, your author's not coming on the program. You're not supposed to be using my home address and sending me books to my home address. We have a process. They know what the process is. They go to Mr. Producer. Rich. Then he sends them on to me. And then we try and work things out with most of the authors. There are very few national radio hosts anymore that have authors on. I'm not just talking about syndicated shows. I'm talking about really big syndicated shows. Very few of them put authors on anymore. I do the best I can, but I can't have this program turn into a publisher's wet dream. I just can't do it. Uh, Some of the books are very much related to current events. Some of them are not. So I have to weigh and balance these things because the bottom line is, the bottom line is, you. I want you to be here. I want you to listen to the program. You know, I want you to be... uh, feel what I'm saying or what we're doing is at least relatively compelling. So I just can't run a conga line through here. So I'm, I'm, I'm speaking to the authors now. I'm speaking to the publishers now. If you inundate me, nothing's going to happen because I'm just not going to do it. You send stuff to my house, it's not going to happen. Um, and, um, and some people I never hear from unless they... They want me to talk about their book. Now, I'm not opposed about talking about books. God knows I talk about mine. But I can't bring in 10, 12, 15 authors in a period of uh, four, five, six weeks. I can't do it. Other shows can. I can't do it. Just a little inside information. Let us go to Jacqueline Mesa, Arizona on the Mark Levin app. How are you? I am fine, and I want to congratulate you for being wise and truthful. Not only do you put out the truth, but you stand behind it. You don't waffle back and forth on issues. You take the stand of truth. And in regards to the Kurds, you are right. And 99% of anything I've ever heard come out of your mouth on any subject is right, in my opinion. Well, you're very, very kind. I appreciate that. I'm very worried about the Kurds. It just, it, it just is... To have people stand with us battling this, this unbelievable enemy, ISIS, they took thousands of casualties... And now the uh, Turks are trying to wipe them out and committing atrocities, according to Jennifer Griffin in uh, Fox. It just uh, turns my stomach. Absolutely turns my stomach. I don't believe this is part of the uh, Judeo-Christian mindset. Do you, Jacqueline? No, I do not. I I so appreciate you, Mr. Levin. Well, thank you. Um, I think I haven't read your, your books on your dogs, every other one. I well, listen to them. I happen to have I have no vision left, but I get them audio, and I listen, and I try and get everybody that I can to listen to you, to open their minds 
and listen to truth. Well, thank, thank you. you. And God thank bless you. you. All right, and be well. Eric, Cheyenne, Wyoming, on the Mark Levin app. How are you? I'm well, Mark. How are you doing tonight? Very well, thank you. Awesome. Hey, it's an honor to get a chance to speak with you. I've been listening for uh, over 10 years now, and uh, you helped me through uh, a long eight years. So, yeah. um, Felt like a prison term, didn't it? (laughs) Yes, it felt like a prison term, you bet. Um, Well, uh, I'll be quick, but uh, I've been scratching my head for for the past... uh, day or so about this and now you know we're hearing about these atrocities and it's heartbreaking i mean uh you know i don't care what people say this is not about endless wars or anything like that this never was a war um you know i i think this is really about honor um i think we've got a duty to protect these folks and um you know i i know the president tweeted at one point about obliterating the turkish economy if something happened um and they you know betrayed their ward, but I, I, I just think it's not too late here to pivot and, uh, and, and help these people out. I think, uh, you know, 70, 80 troops, um, you know, just provide a presence there, and, uh, you know, the Turks aren't going to mess with us. Well, but, the new line is uh, they were going to attack even with those troops there. No, they weren't. No, never, never. They would have never risked, um, you know, bringing us... Uh, Attacking any of our military. This is a new line. You didn't hear that line yesterday. You didn't hear it the day before. It wasn't tweeted out. This is just a new line that's being put out. It's it's sad, you know. It's it's. Uh, I I hope uh, I hope you know the president uh, has been. Uh, uh, he's changed course before, and I I really hope that uh, you know he he finds a way and justifies this and. Um, helps these people out because they've, uh, you know, this, this is uh, something we need to do. All right, Eric. It's going to be much harder now. The Turks are on the move. All right, you take care of yourself. And Erdogan is nobody's friend. He is an Islamist. That's what he is. He's an Islamist. Not an ally. Bob, excuse me, Rob, Charlotte, North Carolina, XM Satellite vet. How are you, sir? Mr. Levin, it's good to talk to you. You're a wise man. <laughs> Thank uh, you. Did did not uh, when we pulled the troops out of Iraq or, or Afghanistan? Did not ISIS come in after that? You're right. We pulled them out uh, precipitously. Correct. Uh, so I'm I'm afraid that might happen over there. Uh, this is a little bit off topic. Uh, I'm a truck driver. Thank They're you. giving us a bunch of stuff about the wall down on the south border, but they keep putting these darn barriers up on the highway. On the highway? The sound barriers. Yeah, they put sound barriers up, 30-foot high sound oh, barriers. Oh, sound barriers. The By the way, aren't they attractive? Some of them. All right, my friend. Thank you. We'll be right back. Levin, tough as hell. That's why I like Mark Levin. And I'm not sure a lot of people like him. He's tough as hell. But I like him. I love him. Call in now. 877-381-3811. You see, if I wanted to sabotage our president, we wouldn't be discussing this the way we are. With respect and civility and expressing our opinions. That's all. 
But this is something that uh, really caused me to stay up a little bit last night. Thinking about it. The Kurds. You know, you may be distracted with all that is going on. Nancy Pelosi and the Democrats hope so. Because they haven't given up on their plan to socialize medicine. They hope you won't pay too close attention when they claim that international price indexing is the answer to lower drug costs. Because what international price indexing really does is shift our healthcare system from a care-based model to a European cost-based model. But a cost-based system is the reason Europe lags so far behind in cancer survival rates. And by the way, their costs go through the roof. A cancer patient in the U.S. has access to more cancer treatment drugs than anywhere in the world because our incentive-based competitive free market provides the enormous investments needed to develop these life-saving and life-extending drugs. Cost-based systems focus on cost first instead of care, and that's what this Medicare for All, which is Medicare for No One plan, is all about. When care is a lower priority than cost, when care, this is important, when care is a lower priority than cost, the result is rationing, waiting periods, and denied access to cutting-edge drugs. Is that the system we want to adopt, where Washington bureaucrats can deny the treatment you need because they determine it's too costly? You know, Republicans are getting behind this, too. International price indexing, it's another unhealthy distraction we don't need. Get the facts. Go to TrueHealthCareFacts.com. TrueHealthCareFacts.com. That's TrueHealthCareFacts.com. We have a lot of people who want to get in here. And the call board has been full. So let's start. Let us go to John Madison, Ohio, Sirius Satellite. How are you, sir? It's an honor to talk to you, Mr. Levin. I, I've been really scared to call you. but Don't, um, don't be scared. Thank you, Jim. Okay, uh, I'm ready to cry, okay? Because in the first call four, we gave the Kurdish rebels <clears throat> a medical supplies because they said before we left, your president is going to help us. And then when they tried to rebel against Saddam under the encouragement of President George Herbert Walker Bush, he promised them air cover. And the air cover never came, and yet they still remain loyal to us. And now this. This is the second time we're betraying those people. They love us. They believe in us. And uh, You were there? Really, yes, sir, I was. I was in the first call four. They, they, yeah. they believed in us. They loved us. They hugged us and said, thank you for what you're going to do to help us. And this and this is the kind of thing, you know, I'm sorry, Mr. Levin. I, I, no, you have lived this. And, and, you know, they, they just wanted us to help them. They, they want... I'm sorry. And now, and now the I, Turks I, are rolling in there. Yeah, and the Turks are scared of us. And, and in the first Gulf War, they really believed in us. And, and I talked to some other soldiers that came at, from, from this current war. They believe in us. I talked to a Kurd that came to the United States with his family under the auspices of a special forces group. He said, thank you. Thank you for saving my family, and thank you for helping us fight fight terrorism. Mm-hmm. And I and I just wanted to share that with you, Mr. Levin. And God bless you, and have yourself a nice young. What What do you make of Rand Paul and these code pink Republicans who just say we can't keep doing these endless wars? I don't know. Were we at war with Turkey? Were we at war with the no. Kurds? I don't know what they're talking about. No, what we were doing is we were helping establish 
we were helping the Kurds establish their own, you know, free fire zone, and they were Grand Paul to me is a waste of a waste of a seat. He really is. Any of those Republicans that said we shouldn't be helping the Kurds is full of crap. And if you excuse my language, you're a combat veteran. Yes, sir, I am. I'm a com. Yes, sir, I am. I'm a I'm a combat medic. I took care of those Kurds. I took care of them like they were my own family. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No, it's important I'm, that you convey your your feelings and your thoughts to the public. All right, thank John. You, thank you. You, you. you take care. Charlie Woodbridge, Virginia, the great WMAL. Go right ahead. I thank you for receiving uh, this call, and I can't compete with the guy that just called. I mean, he's 100% correct on this. The president is wrong. I don't think that, you know, they paid with blood, you know, and I I think it's a disgrace. I voted for the president, and I still would vote for him again. I love the man. A lot of people don't love him, but, you know, I I love him, you know. That, that's just what I wanted to call for. And I've been listening to your show for so many, so many uh, years now. And you're right on the money, you know, the one and only. Thank you, Charlie. I appreciate it, buddy. Let's go to Jeff, Waterbury, Connecticut. I'm not lining these calls up. People are calling in as they wish. Mark Levin up. Go right ahead. Thank you, uh, Mark. I am honored to speak to you on the radio, and I'm honored to be among your listeners no one has presented the case for the Kurds more eloquently than you, but I have to make the point that loyalty is earned. It's a great quality. I engage with people. I sell Trump every day. And I remember when Trump gave a second chance to a beauty queen who had drug and alcohol problems, and that impressed me. And I still talk about that case to other people to prove to them that he has a heart and a soul. But this is important, and walking away from my allies not only is it the wrong thing to do, it has ramifications for any allegiances we might have in the future. And I just want to say, I want President Trump to hear it. He can lose my vote if another alternative conservative comes along. Well, that's not going to happen, and he'll have my vote. But that's why it's important to at least uh, voice our opinions, because he's hearing other opinions, too, like Rand Paul and the Code Pink Republicans. And I I want them to hear from people who have fought over there and people who've been in the military and and uh, just anybody who really thinks this through. I mean, I, I have to admit, I was kind of stunned when I heard about it. Uh, all right, Jeff, I appreciate your call. Uh, let's continue. Let us go to uh, John Roswell, New Mexico, the great KVFC. Go. Oh, how you doing? I'm good. That's good. You know, I was never really a Trump guy. I was conservative. I wasn't really a Trump guy. But the left has pushed me over to, way over to his corner because they make me sick with their lies and stuff like that. Right. But this thing, this thing about, uh, about the Kurds, someone's got to talk to him with some common sense. You know, he, he gives you a lot of praise, you know, and you show you, you play that clip. Where right. he loves you and stuff. Right. Could you talk to him? Because someone talks and comes to him. We can't. We can't abandon the Kurds. If I was president, I'd threaten Turkey to wipe them off the face of the map if they kill anybody. Uh, uh, they were they our allies. All right, my. Friend. How do you know I haven't talked to him? I don't know. 
It seems like if you talk to him, he'll listen. I, I'm not going to reveal whether I have or not, but don't assume, don't assume things. Okay, because I think he'll listen if, if, if you if you talk to him. I think well, not necessarily. I mean, he's his own man, you know. You're pretty persuasive, though, honestly. All right, John. Appreciate your call. Don, Dover, Tennessee, Sirius Satellite. Go right ahead, sir. Hey, Mark. Uh, I, I, I was also in Iraq. I spent about four years uh, total in Iraq. And uh, when we were there during the first portion of it, the only people that we could trust, when we needed a break, they actually set up a hotel in the Hook uh, in northern Iraq. And when we got there, they would send us there for three days of R&R. When we got there, we'd turn our weapons and let the um, Kurdish people walk us around their town, which was like a vacation town. And they would protect us and keep us safe from any kind of harm. They were the only people in that region we could trust to send our soldiers to and take care of us. They, they are the most, you know, I, I know it's all about the politics of the past, how they divided up Turkey and all that, but the Kurdish people really just want to have their own area. And after World War II, we just kind of divided it up and left them out in the cold, and it's just wrong. What do you think about this latest move? I, I'm not happy with it at all. I, I, I've said all along that, I mean, I, I was an officer. I flew, um, flew a lot of missions over there. The Kurdish people should really have gotten a piece of Iraq if we had not been so politically correct in the way that we handled that war. They, 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 you, I'll give you an example. You go over there, there's a Mazi Mart. It's called Mazi Mart. Yeah. It's a Walmart. It's the only part of Iraq that I've ever been to where you could eat off the floor because it was so clean. Their, their customs and everything are so much better than some of the other cultures that are around there. Yep. I, I hear you, man, and I want to thank you for your service, too. I appreciate it very much. Let's see. Let us go to John Camden, New Jersey, the great WPHT in Philadelphia. How are you? Mark, it's an honor to actually speak to you. Uh, I read your book, Men in Black, well before uh, well before I listened to you. Um, Thank you. I'm a, former, I'm a former Army intelligence analyst. Uh, my second deployment was Iraq Sinjar Mountain. Um, in fact, I briefed NATO in the March 2010 elections. Um, I, I know our four strongest allies in that area are the, the Israelis, the Kuwaitis, the Kurds, and the Yazidis. And I've actually seen and dealt with these people all four of them. In fact, I had uh, I had uh, Kuwait show me a little off call when I was stationed in Germany. Take a hug with me, get, uh, take a picture with me, hug me, and everything because they loved Americans. Um, what can we do? I know since you were worked at the White House, what can we do to actually establish a Kurdistan? Nothing now. Hey, uh, As you and I speak, the Turks are rolling into uh, what would have been Kurdistan, I guess. Uh, but I don't know, uh, and the report from Jennifer Griffin is a very, very bleak and miserable report uh, from a special forces senior officer over there that they're getting wiped out. Yeah, it just, it just agitates me, because I remember getting ready to brief NATO and my commander and all that stuff, and they, they actually have a holiday for when Saddam actually uh, bombed them with chemical weapons and stuff. Mm-hmm. And they... They, they celebrated, but not, of course, really, um, because obviously their people got wiped out and everything. But just, they have sacrificed so much 
blood, sweat, and tears. And we have sat there and just slapped them across the face too many times. It's ridiculous. And I, I would love just to, me personally, I would love just to set them up a Kurdistan, their own country. All right, so, John. I appreciate your call. And we'll be right back. in. Few things in life can change your entire outlook on the day. A call from your boss asking you to work the weekend. Early construction right outside your bedroom window in the morning you wanted to sleep in. Now those will ruin your day. Or how about when your check engine light comes on? That usually means thousands of dollars in repairs. This is why we have CarShield on our 2010 Camaro. CarShield makes the process of fixing your car for a cover repair super easy. You can have your favorite mechanic or dealership do the work. It's your choice. They also provide 24-7 roadside assistance and a rental car while yours is being fixed for free. CarShield administrators have paid out close to $2 billion in claims, and they're ready to help you. So don't let your check engine light change your life. Get covered by the ultimate in extended vehicle protection like we did. Call 800-CAR-6000 and mention code LEVIN. Or visit carshield.com and use code LEVIN, L-E-V-I-N. Either way, you'll save 10%. That's carshield.com, code LEVIN. Or call 800-CAR-6000 and mention code LEVIN. A deductible may apply. It's a wonderful, wonderful service, by the way. Charles, West Palm Beach, Florida, the great WJNO, Brian Mud Country. How are you? Hey, Mark. Thanks for taking my call. I just wanted to comment as a Navy veteran... You know, we've been fighting wars over there since Thomas Jefferson sent American heavy frigates into the Med in 1806. So To take on the pirates. Be, right. There's always going to be someone that opposes American liberty. So Rand Paul, when he talks about the endless wars, you know, we didn't start this, and it's been going on for quite a while. But you're right. He lives in kind of a, a fantasy world, doesn't he? It's not that we start these wars. It's that there's, there's so many other countries, so many other cultures – uh, there, there, there's so many threats to our country. You know, it's, it's not, is, is this basically going to be the ideology we have to deal with for now on? Our hands are going to be tied because we don't want to start wars and we don't want to be in wars and it's 7,000 miles away. I mean, it's understood that we don't want to start wars and be in wars, but you got to protect your country. That's right. And you have to consider the mentality when Thomas Jefferson sent frigates 7,000 miles away in 1806. I mean, that's a lot further back then than it is now. And you have to wonder what people who want to be allied with America would think today, uh, knowing now how we're treating the Kurds, basically. I think we just took a big hit on that. I do, too. I I think we took a big hit on that. And also, uh, your Jefferson analogy is actually quite interesting because, you know, John Adams refused to take on the Barbary pirates. Jefferson insisted on it. Right. All right, my friend. Thank you for your service, too. Tom, Riverside, California, Sirius Satellite. Go, please. Yes, sir. I'm uh, ex-Special Operations Air Force, Thank and you. I am disgusted at this Kurd situation. It reminds me so much of the, what happened to the mountain yards in Vietnam. As far as I know, there aren't even any of those left anymore. We fought beside, by side with those guys, and they had special commando units, and... Uh, when we left, they were, we tried to get a bunch of people to get uh, 
go to the lobby and get them back over to the country here, but they they were ignored, and we're doing the same thing to the Kurds, and I'm really torqued. I'm sorry. You're a Vietnam vet? Yes, sir. Yeah. I mean, I remember those pictures, too, with the helicopter and all, thousands and thousands of boat people. Yes, sir, but the, the mountain yards weren't the boat people. Those were Vietnamese. Mountain yeah. yards were a whole different group. They were Tell up in the northern highlands. And they were, what, guerrilla fighters on our behalf? Yes, sir. Big time. And very. They, they comprised most of the recon teams. We had an American 1-0 and an American 1-5, but the rest of the guys who were using mountain yards, maybe a few Hmong Chinese thrown in, and some uh, North Vietnamese converts. But they were, they were loyal to us, just like the Kurds were loyal to us. And I, I'm, I'm getting tired of this kind of behavior from our country. It's not who we are. You know, they probably got wiped out. They probably got wiped out. As far as I know, they did, because the Vietnamese, once they took over the country, were going to do that. All right, Tom. Thanks for your service. Yeah, think about what's going on over there right now. Think about the arguments that are being made. Are you persuaded by these arguments? Coming from the administration, or coming from Capitol Hill, or coming from the media, or even coming from talk radio? You're persuaded... With sort of these bumper sticker arguments, we've had enough with the long wars. We've got to get out. So should we bring all our special forces back from Africa, Southeast Asia? That's where they are. South of our border, out of the Middle East, out of Europe. You want to bring all the special forces back? Folks, this isn't going to stop our involvement in quote-unquote wars. This isn't going to stop it. This doesn't end anything. This just leaves these Kurds to fend for themselves, which they're not going to be able to do up against the Turks, who are heavily armed with tanks, heavy equipment, and an air force. Ladies and gentlemen, we salute our armed forces, police officers, firefighters, and emergency personnel, all you folks that keep us safe. God bless you. Thank you very, very much, and I'll see you tomorrow. Be well. From the Westwood One Podcast Network.